And what a special chapter, chapter number eight is because it talks to us about being a child of God. Talks to us about the benefits of being saved. And he begins this chapter and begins to talk about the Holy Spirit. And the moment that a person trusts Jesus Christ as their Savior, the Holy Spirit takes up residence inside of them. You are filled with the Spirit. And he says here in verse number 14, he talks about the leading. For as many as are led by the Spirit. You know what we get? When we get into the family of God, we get the leading of the Holy Spirit in our life. And this is important. There's going to be evidence in your life that you are tapping into the power of the Holy Spirit. Many times, many, many of these things uh, serve as proof. You know, here the Holy Spirit of God, He dwells inside of us. He directs us. He comforts us. You know, sometimes, sometimes in life, when we mention those that were sick and those that are suffering with cancer, those that have just lost someone that they love, you know, a child of God, as they're going through these things in life, they have the Holy Spirit inside of them, leading them in directing them and giving them comfort in all these areas of their life. The moment you entered the family, the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you. Every, every question, every desire, everything you need in life, do you realize this? The Holy Spirit of God lives inside of you and he directs you and he guides you. There's nothing Nothing that you need that the Holy Spirit of God can't give you. When we took, when we took uh, Jacob home from the hospital, you know, I didn't know how to be a father, and, and we had never done this before. We were never parents before. But you realize this, that the Holy Spirit of God, he helps me to be the father that I'm supposed to be. I'll never forget that first time I saw Michelle. The first time was in church, and I said to myself, I am going to marry her. She doesn't believe that, but that is the truth. I would never lie to you while I'm preaching. I'm telling you, that's the truth. I said, I'm going to marry her. And for those times where we were dating and those times where we were getting to know each other, every time I spent time with her, I said even again, I want to marry her. But you know, after we got married, there was times I thought to myself, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to be the husband that God wants me to be. I don't know how to, how to be a, a good dad. I don't know how to be a good husband. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. But the Holy Spirit of God lives inside of me and he directs me and he guides me and he leads me. If I surrender and submit to him, he will lead me in every area of my life. There's nothing, nothing you're involved in today that you should, should neglect and, and not yield to the Holy Spirit. He can help you in every area of your life every area of your life. He can help you in any relationship that you have. He can help you in any friendship you have. He can help you in any business that you're involved in. He can help you as you read through the word of God. He helps you as you study the word of God. He helps you as you make decisions. He is there to lead you and guide you in your life. It's a benefit we get by being saved. It's a benefit we get by becoming a part of this family to be led by the Holy Spirit. You know, to be led by the Spirit, though, is to be led by the Word of God. Do you know this? The Holy Spirit of God never directs you outside of the Word of God. He'll never give you something contrary to the Word of God. 
In order for us, in order for us to get from the Lord what we need, we need to be yielded to the Holy Spirit and in His Word. And the Holy Spirit will use the Word of God to help us and direct us and answer the questions we have. He will use the Word of God to lead us. The Holy Spirit of God never, ever, ever contradicts the Word of God. I want you to see here, and I hurry along this morning, verse number 15, the Bible says, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, the Bible says. Something interesting, he says this, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. You know, we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. You know what the second thing we get when we are welcomed into this family? We receive confidence, the Bible shows us here. You know, when you're doing wrong, there's fear. You find somebody that's getting ready to do something wrong. They're looking around. They're looking for somebody that's watching. They're looking for cameras. They're fearful. But you know, when you are led by the Spirit of God, there is joy and then there's confidence. There's confidence in being led by the Spirit of God. You know, the Holy Spirit of God in leading us, He's never wrong. God never makes a mistake. The Word of God is always accurate. The Word of God is always truth. When we listen and are yielded to the Holy Spirit of God, and when we obey the Word of God, we will always make the right decision. The Holy Spirit never leads us astray. There was a person that one time was babysitting her grandchildren and Her kids were acting up, and she said to them, she threatened them this, she said, if you don't behave, God won't love you anymore. And the reality is this, that's not a true statement. You know, and I can have confidence in this, that once I'm saved, that God loves me. And we spent some time, and we spent many of chapters and many of verses and several weeks as we studied through the beginning of Romans, and we found that God, God cannot allow sin in his presence. We find that God must punish sin. But I want us to just look this morning about being a part of the family. We need to have confidence in this, that God always loves us. When Jacob was born and we were raising him, I learned this, raising boys and girls are very different. When Kaylee was born, Kaylee was just very sensitive. When she would get in trouble, you wouldn't even have to give her a spank, and she was already upset when she got in trouble because she felt like she disappointed you. Anyone have children like that? She said to me one time, she says, I I would say, boy, this hurts me more than it hurts you. And she said, let's make a deal then, Dad. Neither of us can get hurt. Let's just not do any more spankings. (laughs) She would just, just melt if she found out she disappointed us. And as she got a little bit older, I remember Michelle saying to me one time, you know, after she gets in trouble, you ought to go and sit with her and hug her and assure her that you still love her. And I thought to myself, why should I have to tell them that? They already know that. I tell them all the time. And she says, you tell them all the time when you're happy with them. You tell them all the time when you're pleased with them. You got to reassure them as well, even when they're in trouble, that they're still loved. You know, we have great confidence in knowing this. God loves us when we're his children. You know, there are a lot of people that go through life and go through uh, their entire life not knowing that someone loves them. 
We mentioned last week as we presented some outreach opportunities into our community, you know, there's children, they've never heard the word I love you by a parent. There are people in this world, they don't know, they don't know someone that truly loves them unconditionally. They know that they're loved if they give or they're loved if they do, but God loves us where we are. He loves you no matter what. When we fail him, he still loves us. When we do well, he still loves us. We have great confidence in knowing this. When we are part of this family, we have a father that loves us unconditionally. Isn't that a wonderful thing? He loved us enough to send his son to die for us, to redeem us back to him. And he loves us enough, even though, even though we still sin, even though we still do wrong, God still loves me. You know, one of those songs we sing as children, our children sing, Jesus loves me. You know, it's such a basic, it's such an easy song to sing, but there is such great truth in that song. Jesus loves me. No matter who I am, no matter what I've done, if I'm a child of God, God loves me. And I can have great confidence in that. You know, I also find the Bible says this in the last part of verse 15. He says this, But ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. You know, firstly, we see that here's a leading. Secondly, there's a confidence. Third, third there's intimacy once we're a part of this family. This love allows us to cry out, Abba, Father. You see, when the Spirit gets into my heart, He's trying to get me to say something. Something that my stubborn flesh or my independent spirit doesn't want to say. He says this, Abba, Father means this, uh, Hebrew for Papa or Dad. Think about that. I can cry out, Abba, Father. I can cry out to our Heavenly Father. You know, one of the wonderful words that here is when a child cries out their parents' name, mom or dad. You know, sometimes when they walk into our home, our children are say my name. And boy, what a wonderful thing it is to hear their voice and, and give them a hug and, and, and show them affection and love them. Yesterday, a couple of our girls were playing and one of them got hurt and, and they cried out, Dad, and came running and I was able to love that, that one that got hurt and care for that one got hurt. And just a wonderful thing it is to know that someone cries out, Father, when they need me. You know, there's another thing I enjoy is just when those children sit there and they cuddle up next to you, you just look in their eyes and they look at yours. And there's just that love that is there. You know, we get welcome to the family, we get leading, we get confidence, and also we get intimacy. We get access to our Heavenly Father. You know, before you were saved, you didn't have access to the Father because He wasn't yours. When my neighbor children need something, they don't come down and try to, to see me to, to, to get allowance. 
When they go out, they don't try to come over and, and, and see me to, to get money to go out. When they have a need, when they need dinner, they don't come knocking on our door to come in and eat. No, I care for our children, our children. Every need that they have, they can come to their father. Every time they have a, a question, they can come to their father. Every single time they have a great need, they can come and I am there to listen. I'm there to spend time with them. I'm there to help them. One of the greatest things, one of the greatest things about being a child of God you can go to the heavenly father you can go to him and he's not some person far away he's not some person that you can uh, not have access to but you can go to him and the bible says you can cry abba father as you approach him as you approach him you can cry out father i found a story of a Sunday school teacher who was registering children in Sunday school. And she asked two brothers their ages and their birthdays, and these two brothers were there, and they were coming into the same class, and one of the two boys said, we, we, we're both seven. And the lady said, maybe they're twins. And she said, well, give me, give me your birth dates. And so she's getting ready to write down. One said, my birthday is April 8th, and the other one said, my birthday is April 20th. And she thought, how can that be? They're not twins if they're born that far apart. They're both born in April, but not on the same date. Uh, and they were 12 days apart. And, and so she knew she was a little confused. She knew something was not quite right here. And she said this. She said, that's impossible. You can't both be brothers and you can't be both the same age and only born 12 days apart. That's impossible. The other brother said, no, it's not. One of us is adopted. The teacher blurted out, which one? And the boys looked at each other and smiled. Then one of them said, we asked our dad that very same question. And he said to us, I can't remember. I love you both the same. You know, the Bible says here, if we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry out a father. Just like this father here who says, I can't remember. I love them both the same. We, even though we were adopted into this family, God still loves us the same. He's still there for us to cry out, Abba, Father. You know, if you're here today and you have a great need and you are a child of God, you have a heavenly father that cares about your need. This past week, it just seemed like we had several people here in our church that I got word a mother passed away or, or like with Debbie Williams, just news that she was not desiring to hear from a doctor and, and, and she called and then she sat in my office and she said these words. She, I won't say how old she is, but she told me how old she was and she said this, I'm not ready to die. And she said those words, I was able to say with confidence, we have a heavenly father that we can petition. When we get news from a doctor that we don't like, when situations in our family happen that we don't enjoy, we have access to the heavenly father and we can cry out, Abba, Father. 
times in our life where we don't understand what's happening, we have confidence knowing this, that our Heavenly Father is there and we can cry out to Him. Could you imagine having a father that never would take time for his children? Could you imagine having a father that didn't want to listen to his children? That's not this family. That's not the makeup of our uh, family with God. Even though we're adopted into this family, God is still there. He desires to hear from us. He desires to hear our prayers. He desires to hear our needs. He wants to hear from us and we can approach him and we can say, Abba, Father. Papa. Dad. Several years ago, my father passed away. What I did every time one of my children were born, the first person I'd call was my dad. And I'd say, Dad, guess what? Jacob's here. Kaylee's here. Kenzie's here. And he'd laugh and joke around and I loved calling him and saying, Dad. I thought that every one of our children that would be born, I would be able to call my dad and that was kind of a little tradition that we started. Dad, guess what? He'd say, how's the baby? How's Michelle? We're going to get in the car. We can't wait to come see you. But then a child was born. And I picked up my phone. But I couldn't call my dad. And I remember that feeling going through my body and that, those emotions and the sadness. I wanted to tell him so badly what was happening. I wanted to give him the good news. Uh, another grandchild was born. I wanted to tell him all that was going on in our family, but he wasn't there. But I was so glad that I could kneel there in that hospital room and I could say, Father in heaven, Abba, Father. And he's always there. There's never been a time in my life that I needed him that he said, no, I'm not available to you. There's other times where maybe someone in life failed me or someone let me down or someone wasn't there when I needed them to be there. But God, my Father, Abba Father, He has been there every step of the way. There's never been a time that when I was going through a dark time that I kneeled and God wasn't there. There was never a time of joy that I wanted to rejoice that God wasn't there. Every single opportunity, every single sorrow, every single joy, every single event in my life, God is always there because he's my father. You know, there's great intimacy. You know what I find in verse number 16? The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. You know what? There's great security. There's a question that many people ask themselves. Maybe some in this room, you've even asked yourself this, you battle with your salvation, and you say, am I really a Christian? How do I know I'm really saved? There are some Christians, it seems like that comes up often in their life, and they battle with that. The number one question is this, am I really a Christian? You know, if you are, the Spirit is trying to tell you that you are. Verse number 16, the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children 
of God. You know what I find as well? The Bible tells us this, the Holy Spirit, when I'm part of this family, the Holy Spirit gives me security. He's constantly reminding me that I'm a child of God. You know, when my children do something wrong and they never cease to be my children. When they disappoint me, they never cease to be my children. When they do something that maybe I don't appreciate or I don't like, they're always my children. No matter what happens, they're always my children. Sometimes, every so often, they need to be reminded how much I love them. They need to be reminded how special they are. They need to be reminded how much their father loves them. My middle child came home right after school started, and she started playing the flute this year. And um, you know how it is, anybody playing a noisy instrument for the first time. We gave her a little room in the basement, back in the corner, <laughs> shut the door. I had some extra carpet, put it on the walls. And she goes down there, she plays her flute. and She came up one time, she said, Dad, do you want to come down so you can hear me? Oh. I said, Okay. You know, I went and listened, and she played, and she just started. And there's some parents that, you know, they would say, oh, how beautiful it was. There was nothing beautiful about it. <laughs> and she looked at me with this big smile when she was done, and I said to her, I'm so glad that you're my child. I didn't say you played it so well. I didn't say, I didn't compliment anything. I just simply said to her, I am so glad that you are my child. And she put that flute down and she looked at me with those eyes. She gave me a hug. And she said, I'm so glad I'm your daughter, dad. You know, every once in a while we need maybe just that reminding. We have security with him. We don't have to be the best at something for God to accept us. You know, the world puts so much pressure and we put so much pressure on ourselves. We don't have to be the best at something. God still loves us. You don't have to have a, a, a name that everyone knows. God still loves you. You don't have to, to, to be a, an A student and the best looking and the most talented and the, and the richest. You know, God loves you and he accepts you for who you are right now. He loves you. The Bible says this, the Spirit itself, the Holy Spirit, he beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. There's great security. And lastly, I want you to see this morning in verse number 17, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. You know what we find as well? We find because we're a part of this family, we're adopted into this family, we have an inheritance. We have an inheritance. There was a lady by the name of Bertie Adams. She was 71 years old when she died on Easter Sunday. In her home, it was a disaster. She would go to her neighbor's house and beg for food. 
She would buy her, all of her things secondhand. Her house was just trashed and there was a stench about her house and old clothing, not much furniture. She begged for food. She was one that people just looked at when they saw her coming and, and, and didn't have much time for her. When they did an autopsy, they realized this, that she died of malnutrition was her cause of death. From all the outward appearances, she was penniless. She wanted, she had nothing, and her family wanted nothing to do with her. But when she died, they found two keys. And this is a true story of this lady. They found two keys in her home. They found that those two keys led to two uh, security boxes. And in her will, she left everything in those security boxes to a niece and a nephew. In one was all kinds of bonds and things that she had gotten from AT&T, and it was uh, a fortune of, of uh, stock certificates and financial securities. And in that same box, there was nearly $200,000. In the second box they found where that key went to, they found there was over $600,000 in that second box. And you know what her niece and nephew got? They got every penny of it. They got every penny of her fortune. They didn't give her much time. They didn't give her uh, 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 much uh, uh, say that as she was alive. They didn't spend a whole lot of time with her. But they found at her death a fortune. And every penny went to those two. They, they got her inheritance. You know, I read that story. It made me think of the inheritance that we're going to get in heaven one day. It caused me to think about the inheritance that we have waiting for us. It causes me to think about, you know, it doesn't matter what's happening in life and maybe what you're going through in life. There is a great inheritance for those that know Jesus Christ as your Savior. There's a great inheritance for those that have trusted in Jesus Christ and your heavenly Father is in heaven. There's a great inheritance. You know, there's a great inheritance one day when we get to heaven, we're going to be face-to-face -face with Jesus. We're going to see Him face-to-face. -face. We're going to see our heavenly Father. We are going to be with Him forevermore. There's a mansion waiting for us to live in. There's crowns, there's rewards that we're going to inherit to give back to Jesus. There's going to be an a eternity that we are going to be with our heavenly Father. Imagine what we get because of who our Father is. We were moving and going through a lot of things, and we have a lot of stuff. And we got a lot of stuff when my father passed away. My father had tools, two of every tool, books. And I can't seem to get rid of any of it. And so as we move, we just move cases and totes of stuff. And over the last eight or nine years, ever it been since he's passed away, there are some of those boxes and some of those totes I've never even looked in. It's valuable, but I don't have much use for it. Matter of fact, this last move, my wife finally looked at me and said, let's get rid of some of it.
I just can't seem to get rid of it. It's what He gave me. It was my inheritance. It's valuable to me. But the reality is this. It's not much use. The inheritance, though, that I'm going to get from our Heavenly Father is going to be such a great inheritance. When I see Him face to face one day, and for all of eternity have the opportunity to worship Him, what a wonderful inheritance we get because of who our Father is. An inheritance that's never going to go away. You know, I thought about this as I was just praying this morning there in my room. I was thinking about this after 10,000 years of praising Him. Eternity continues to go. After 30,000, 50,000, 100,000 years in heaven, I still have a place in a God that I can call Father. I'm going to get to a place one day where I'm never going to have to sit with a, a, a church member and hear the doctors think I have cancer. Do you realize this? We have a place that we're going to go to that we're never going to have to one day go to another funeral service. We have a place one day, an inheritance, that one day no one is ever going to say, I'm sorry, I failed you, I've sinned. No more disappointment, no more tears. No more hurt, no more cancer, no more death, no more pain. No more sickness. No more fighting. No more disappointments. You see, now that I'm adopted into this family for all of eternity, I have something that I can rejoice in. I have something to look forward to. No more wheelchairs. You see, I'm a part of a family. By being adopted into that family, the Holy Spirit of God now lives inside of me. I not only have an inheritance, I not only have security, I not only have confidence, I, know, I not only have intimacy, I have the leading of the Holy Spirit to help me and guide me. I only, not only have the leading, I have all of these things, and all of these things are mine because I've been adopted into the family. You see, whatever you're going through in life today, you do have an opportunity to find joy. If you're a child of God, all of these things are yours as well. And if you're here today and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you're not a part of this family, I invite you today to trust Jesus Christ. Take Jesus as your personal Savior. Repent of your sin. Turn to Jesus and you too can be adopted into this family. And all of these things are ours because of the family that we now belong to.